you have your Bible or your telephone and want to, would want to follow me, we're going to Luke chapter 2 and we're going to follow the scripture that I shared yesterday. And I got here without a handkerchief, so a Kleenex will do. Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at some scriptures this morning before we dismiss. And I'd like to tr- see if I can unwrap some more of the scripture that we used last Sunday in verse 11. And if you're listening or you're to the message this morning by way of a CD or if you're listening by way of internet this morning, we want to say to all of our listening audience, Merry Christmas. And our greatest desire is, if you don't know, our best friend, his name is Jesus. The purpose that he came to this world, according to Scripture, was to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible says a man is a few days of age and he's full of trouble, which means we're lost, miserable people. And the disease of sin overtakes us all. And in the scurry of life and in the hustle bustle of life, until we meet Jesus Christ as Lord of our Savior, as our Savior, and we make him first, give him first place in our life, we're still lost. You can join any church, have a church membership, you can be baptized in every baptistry this side of heaven. But if you've never opened your heart's door and invited Jesus into your life, you're still lost. And as we look at the, at the opportunity that God has given us today, the reason we want to be saved is because we need help in the journey of life. Life is so complicated that nobody can figure out what today's going to bring, much less think about tomorrow. And God has put this thing between our shoulder called our, our ability to think. And he says, and, he, and the word says, you need to process what you're facing today. I didn't give you the ability up here to process tomorrow. Tomorrow will have its own set of issues. And yet so many times we get lost and we lose time trying to figure out tomorrow when today yet is a focus that we should be focusing on. And God wants to meet you on your level this morning. He's the greatest friend that I've ever met. He will never, he will never challenge you or he will never put you under the bus. He will, never put, he will never criticize you for not being more than what you are. He, will never, he never wants to go back to the past. He's the only friend that I know of that will never dig into our, the, the trash container of our past and say, why did you do this? Why is this in here? And for goodness sake, you knew better than to do that. He's not that kind of a friend. But when you invite Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible says, and when you invite him in, you ask him to forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And the Bible says, with your mouth confession is made, with your heart man believes into salvation. And when you get these two at the same intersection of life, and when, you're, when your tongue and your, and your spirit get together, well, this is what happens. Jesus moves in, he unloads the guilt of sin, and he puts the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's an awesome privilege, it's an awesome journey, and God just wants to fill us with good things every day. He wants to teach us how to live and have a life full of abundance. He wants to teach us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. He wants to teach us that the motivating factor is not politics, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to, according to the Scripture in Isaiah 40, 31, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power to rise up with wings as eagles, to run and not be weary, and to walk and not faint. It's a power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do the things that we cannot ordinarily do. And the last thing for, that Jesus said to the followers before he ascended to the heavens, after he had risen from a borrowed tomb, he said, It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But he, when he comes, here's what he wants to do. He wants to guide us in the right direction. 
I will guide you into all truth. How many know that truth hurts sometimes? A little boy was sitting in the, in the Sunday school class one morning, and the Sunday school teacher said, Johnny, can you tell this class what a lie is? Johnny had been known for st uh, stretching the truth, and he thought for a moment, and he thought about something he had heard his mother say about Jesus. And here's what his response was to that question. Johnny, what's a lie? He said, teacher, it's a present help in time of need. How many have been needful before? Looking at the scripture today, Luke chapter 11, or chapter 2, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And he will be, this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, God the Father sent a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Would it be a thought, or would it be a question in your spirit this morning, Maybe we're a little short in that praise this morning when it says, glory to God in the highest. How about this? Peace on earth. Do you think maybe we should turn up the volume as a church and say, glory to God in the highest? Or maybe we should, as a crescendo toward this world today, say, glory to God in the highest and let the peace of God dwell in America again. Listen to me. We're living in a time like we've never lived before. It's not whether it's right or wrong. It's whether it's per, uh, uh, politically correct or not. And being politically correct doesn't mean it's always right. And as I watch our world today in such a turmoil, it's time that you and I rise to the occasion. Jesus came so that we could join the heavenly host and said, glory to God in the highest. What does this do when we say this? Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a grandchild that was a great player, maybe in basketball or in football or baseball? And as you were leaving the stands, Somebody said to you, your granddaughter was the greatest star on the floor today. Boy, that doesn't put you under the bus, does it? I'm talking to a man that's heard this more than once. Yeah. What do you do? I, it makes you glad that you did what you did. It makes you glad that you've invested everything that you could into that grandchild or your child. It makes you so happy because the 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 uh, ability to do what she's done or he's done is bringing glory into the house yes. think about what the praises of god does to heaven when you when god hears the the church say glory to god in the highest and on peace on earth and goodwill toward men and may i say this he has an all-hearing ear and he hears even those that don't praise the lord and he hears the group on earth that doesn't know how to say glory to God in the highest, but all they know how to do is damn the name of God. He hears it all. I asked myself this question. Am I saying 
glory to God in the highest with enough elevation in the, in the tune, tune of my voice and by the actions that I, that I live for the world to see and hear that, and know that I am so grateful that God loved me enough that he sent his only son, not to make me religious, but to make me a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave us such a simple assignment here on earth. He didn't say you had to go to four years of college after you graduated from 12 years of high school. He didn't say you had to get a doctorate or a Ph. degree. I'm not condemning these. All of these things are awesome, awesome, awesome blessings upon your life. Here's simply what he said. If you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Have you ever been listening to somebody and yet you weren't listening? Three of us, Craig and I, are guilty. Uh, They were talking, but we weren't listening. And when they got to the punchline, we both said, would you say that again? (laughs) They might have been asking for a $100 bill, and we missed it. Would Would you mind repeating that again? Well, Jesus doesn't mind repeating himself again. But here's what he did. For those of us that don't always listen like we should, he put it in black and white. So that when I do forget, I can go to the book and I can remind myself of what the B-I-B-L-E has to say, which is basic instruction before leaving earth. And we all need reminders. Every day, we, I need a reminder every day. And Even though I can stand and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad. I will be glad. And then wham, something happens and you forgot the song. And you're honking that horn. You're looking to see if you can get out of that lane into another. Or you're standing in Walmart. And you're looking at the lady who's a really an extremely good checker. Her line has renewed itself while you've been standing waiting on the lady who came over on the ark who's taking her first lesson on how to check out. And you say, oh, God. Why did I get in this line? Jesus, you turned water into wine. (laughs) The name of Jesus, I speak a miracle. You know I'm running late. (sighs) And when you get to this little lady, she's so frustrated. In some way, somehow, not through Orville White, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives something, puts something inside of me. We're sharing. And I can say, ma'am, are you having a good day? Or I, some, I like to say this sometimes, ma'am, is everybody treating you good? And if she says no, I said, well, I want to give you my phone number. I've been married to a lady 57 years, and she's never lost a battle yet. And she gets the point. <laughs> She wants to know my wife. I can tell you. She didn't ask for the phone number, but I can tell by the countenance on her face. Things have changed. Right. Listen to me. Jesus has never lost a battle. He sometimes doesn't answer my prayers like that. I think he should in a timely fashion. But he always answers a prayer. Sometimes it's yes. Boy, I love to sing and shout and dance about when he says yes. And I like to. Moan and groan when he says, no. And if I'm not really careful, 
I'll do some complaining. <laughs> if I'm not really careful, the fruit of the Spirit is not evident in my life. And then there's that most undesirable <laughs> word that should never have been placed in my dictionary called wait. <laughs> Is there anybody else up there? Wait. 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 What does the Lord want to do for us in those waiting times? Uh, could it be that since and I wish this wasn't in the Bible, that patience is a virtue. Maybe he just wants to grow our patience some by testing us, allowing us the test, and see if today, if we can pass the test, that we may have failed yesterday. And in the process of life, we all face things that try to steal our joy. And can I say this, if you've never been raised in church, maybe you're, you're here this morning as a visitor, maybe you, church is not a part of your vocabulary, we're praying for you when you leave here today that God will have said something to your life that will cause you to want to find a good Bible-believing group of people and become a part of it so they can become better because you've got something to offer that will encourage and bless that church family. But in the journey of life, in the book of Nehemiah, an Old Testament prophet wrote these words the joy of the lord is your strength yes. how many of us this morning can think of at least two incidents this week that you could really have <laughs> opened that jar turned it upside down or maybe gone to the well the bible says that it's like a well and it says in the book of isaiah therefore with joy shall you go to the well of your salvation and draw until your joy is full. Right. It's all decisions in our life, and sometimes we're just caught up in today and, and the situations that we fail to do that. And I know this message is just for me. I, it could be boring to one or two, but, you know, it's okay. I need this. I never preach a message to you. I've told you this many times. I always preach a message just to me. And if it helps me, I know there's one or two others that are probably as human as I am that could use some strength in the journey of life. Jesus Christ, listen, are you here this morning? You're disappointed? Maybe you've waited a long time. And maybe in the waiting time, it's a time when one writer put it this way, and, and if it wasn't a country song, and I may do it anyhow some Sunday morning because I, I, I this is a horrible confession, but I love country music. I, I know, I know, don't stone me, wait till... Next year to do that, or the next year, or ever when pastoral election is. I know, I know I shouldn't be this way. But can I tell you, every country song has a message in it. Every, every country song usually has some guitar music in it. And once in a while, they'll put some steel guitar music in it. Yeah! But one writer wrote a song that we should probably use as praise and worship sometime. Oh, my bucket's got a hole in it. <laughs> oh, I know that I'm preaching to myself. Just bear with me. Do you know the enemy has every tool called discouragement, defeat, depression, oppression to not try to knock a hole in your bucket? He's already looked at the size of your bucket. 
He already has located a few rusty spots in your bucket where he knows it would be easy to penetrate <laughs> because he hears us complain now and then. <sighs> but in his presence, he wants, to take a, he wants to take that vessel. And we're all work in progress this morning, and he wants to take those rusty spots. And he wants to work on them until the complete vessel is strong. And while we try to patch it up and while we try to make provision to bypass the thing that's broken our heart or brought depression or oppression, we try to medicate the inside of us called our spirit. And we use this medication that we can go and we can legally take this drug to try to get us through depression and oppression. Can I tell you? The kid that was born in a stable is a great physician. And he knows how to deal with depression. And I'm not, please hear me right. Please hear me. Please hear me. I'm not downing the pharmaceutical world today. But the pharmaceutical world can never do for you what Jesus can do. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Everlasting Father. He's the Great I Am. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning. And he's never going to check out on you. Because God sent him to this world on purpose for a mission. And if he did, I am a perfect picture of the most unlovable kid that was ever born on planet Earth. A preacher's kid. Hated every minute of it. Went to school with a chip on my shoulder. Just stared at the ground wishing I was not there. But when Jesus walked into my life, just a few days before I graduated, Sherry and I had made plans. Even Sherry, as awesome as she was, as beautiful as she was, I want you to picture this little five-foot, seven-inch lady with can-cans surrounding her, with bobby socks on, and loafers. You can just imagine what I was being exposed to. Jesus couldn't do for me what she could do. Knowing that marriage was in, in the picture, Jesus took that moment to walk into my life. And he transformed me. And the day I walked out of class, we, I went to school where if you played sports, you were, you were in the groove. If you didn't play sports, you were just kind of a figure. And, and I was a bad figure. But I'll never forget the day I walked by the football coach, little five foot six guy, no hair on his head. It was time for him to uh, retire. But around, around his head, at about a two inch roll, God had put the most beautiful roll of hair. It actually looked like a bow around his head uh, of gray hair, and that's all the hair he had. One day in, a, in our psychology class, he was, so, he was so upset with us because the sun was coming in into class and we were yawning and some of us were sleeping and, and he gets his hand and he messes up that little row of hair and he says, hell's britches, I wish I could just get your attention today. <laughs> and we all woke up. You know, there's been a couple of times I almost used that in, here in the sanctuary. Oh, I know we're not supposed to think that way. 
But you know, I'm just as human as you are. And I have to do this just as often as you do. The Bible says we can cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the plan of God. But as I walked by him that day, he grabbed me by my shirt and he pulled me over to the side. I knew, he knew I'd never played football. I'd never, we lived 14 miles out in the country. If you missed a bus, we didn't have money to buy gas. My friend that lived just a mile from me hitchhiked home every evening, 14 miles after he played football. And later married a gorgeous lady who couldn't have children. They adopted two children. He goes down on the corner one evening in Oklahoma City and puts a gun to his mouth and pulls the trigger. And I lost one of my best friends. Uh, this coach says to me, uh, I just want to tell you something. Of all the kids that I've taught in the Fairview High School this year, I've seen more change in you than any kid that's been in my class. <clears throat> I wasn't too polished. I just looked at him, up at him in a very humble way and said, thank you, and I walked out. But that thought didn't leave me. He had said something that stuck with me. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt it was because of Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory that had made the change. So, in closing this morning, God just wants to get you by the sleeve. And he says, you know, you're doing great. But you could do a lot greater if you'll let me help you. And if you're going through struggles of life, he's a present help in time of need. And can I tell you how much you're going to need this today if you're a granddad and these stupid toys are under your Christmas tree today that need to be put together. And there's a stinking piece of paper called instructions in that box. Here's the favorite line. Papa, I need your help. Please, please listen to me today. You may not know that I have read a scripture from Luke chapter 2. Verse 11, 12, and 13. But please, please, please listen to me. Read the instructions before you start. I know you didn't get that. Read the instructions before you start. And get you a good cup of coffee or a hot cider and enjoy the ride. Because there's all seeing eyes watching you. And grandkids just think that papas don't fail. Don't tell them any different by wadding up those instructions after you've tried three times to put those toys together and fail. Close with this thought. Many people this morning still look at the manger and see a babe in the manger. Many people in this world, and our, our world is filled with people just like the innkeeper that had said to Mary and Joseph, I don't have any room for you. But as believers today, Again, what the manger couldn't hold and what the grave couldn't hold, we have in our heart today. It's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you stand? Heads are bowed. Nobody's looking around. Everybody in just a moment of attitude, in an attitude of prayer today. Can I ask this simple question? Would there be anybody here this morning that you've never made Jesus Lord of your life? Maybe you're here this morning, you've just got fed up with your religion and you walked out. Can I tell you, 
I, I almost did the same thing because religion is just a bunch of rules that none of us can keep. But when I found out there was a relationship with one called Jesus, I got interested. And the more acquainted I became with Jesus, the more I loved him. And when one day it dawned on me that God loved me enough that he sent his only son from heaven to this earth so that he could redeem somebody like me, I became aware of the presence of God. If you're here this morning and you're just not aware of his presence today, in fact, you're just waiting till you can get home and, and enjoy the meal, get through the festivities to the day, and return to your own place of residence. I'd just like to stop this morning and tell you, Jesus loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He's a great out. I am. There's nothing that you have ever done that he can't forgive you. There's nothing, there's no road that you've ever traveled but what he can change the direction of your life. He's no respecter person, which means he has no grandchildren. We're just all these kids this morning. You'll not find him signing a business or a, a, a membership card. Revelation chapter 3, the last book in the Bible this morning. Verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. If he's knocking at your heart's door this morning, and you know you need a Savior, one that can save you today, one that can change you today, one that can give you hope beyond this life. If that's you this morning, would you just simply raise up your head and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to accept what you've said today. Thank you for telling me the truth. Anyone across this building while we wait just a moment. Then everyone, I, I'm assuming, is a follower of Jesus Christ. And that makes Christmas a Christmas day that brings joy to the world. Father, this morning, what a joy it is to stand before a congregation on this beautiful Christmas morn, December the 25th, 2016. I want to thank you personally, Lord, that you've let me stand behind this pulpit for 37 Christmases and say Merry Christmas to an awesome congregation, the greatest. Lord, my heart today is filled with joy, and at my heart is, there's areas of my heart that's not here this morning because there are those that help me to where I'm at today by praying for me and standing by me and encouraging me that have graduated and to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And they have Christmas every day in your presence. So we bless those that are here this morning, and as we leave this place today of worship, may the joy of the Lord fill our hearts with praise. May we have a song in our heart, and may we realize today it's because of the love that Jesus, of God that sent his Son to this world to redeem us from the bondage of sin. We give all the praise to you in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's family said, Amen. Come on, turn up the volume a little bit. And all of God's family said, Amen. Amen.